This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Uh, Jen Saki Snarks just wrapped up a press briefing and um, she said, listen, we got to give the IRS the ability to look at your bank account if you put in 600 bucks because banks are covering up for billionaire tax cheats. So $600, which I don't think is close to a billion, but again, I'm no math guy, not a math guy. Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. How's your day going today? Hope it's going well. Off to a good start. Jen Psaki also defended Joe Biden violating D.C.'s mask mandate, saying, look, there are moments, moments when we don't put our masks back on as quickly as we should. Biden was walking through the restaurant. Peter Ducey, the deuce, calling around on that, by the way. The deuce is the only guy who actually winds up asking about these things, as you know. And I'm glad he did. Because I think we all have to get to the bottom of why it is that there are rules for thee, but not for me if I am a D, as in Democrat. Thank you, Jen. Uh, there is a mask requirement inside D.C. restaurants, yet President Biden and the First Lady were not wearing masks while walking around a D.C. restaurant on Saturday. Why? Well, I think what we are referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten masks in hand where they had not yet put them back on yet. So I would say, of course, uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly as we should. But I don't think we should lose, miss, lose the forest through the trees here. And that our objective here is to get more people vaccinated, make sure that, uh, that schools and companies around the country can put in place requirements to save more lives and keep people safer. Uh, and, you know, not overly focus on moments in time that don't reflect overarching policy. It was not just exiting the restaurant, though. He was walking through the restaurant with no mask on. There is a carve-out for uh, people under two or people who are actively eating or drinking. So I'm just curious why the president was doing this. I think I just addressed it, Peter. Okay. Okay, Peter. Zip it, Peter. Sit down, Peter. I just addressed it. I don't care if you don't like it. I just addressed it. Well, you know, this is the thing. If you're a parent, just remember your kid has to wear a mask sitting behind a desk all day long. But you can take your mask off when you eat or drink. But your kid has to sit behind a desk wearing a mask all day long, which is terrible for their development. It makes no sense because if you can walk through a restaurant without a mask on, if you're the president, uh, why do the kids have to wear it when they're just sitting there at their desk? And if you can take it off when you're sitting at a restaurant, whether you're the president or not the president, why can't the kids take their mask off when they're just sitting there? Huh? I don't know. Uh, anyway, look, here's the deal. Uh, come on, man. Here's the deal. Biden can do whatever the hell he wants. You remember how much grief Trump got for not wanting to wear a mask? You remember, remember that? And then he didn't want to wear one at certain times and... And they just beat the hell out of him for that. You're setting a bad example. You're horrible. You're killing people. 
It's amazing how it works when you're a D. Of course, rules for thee, but not for me if I am a D. So there's that too. Now, let me ask you this question. When it comes to the IRS snooping on your bank account, are you okay with the fact that it's because the big banks are covering up for billionaires and trillionaires who are not paying their fair share of taxes? Are, are, are you... Are you okay with that? So now they can look into your bank account. Say you make doilies on Etsy and you made 600 bucks last year making doilies. Are you okay if the IRS is going to be able now to look into that? And have, I mean, have access to your bank accounts, your, your bank statements. And the reporting requirements are going to be such that the banks have to send all that information to them. So if you have a yard sale and you make 600 bucks and you deposit 600 bucks in there, they're going to be looking at that money making sure that billionaires and trillionaires are not cheating them out of their money. Because that's how they view it, by the way, their money. No, they really do. Democrats and the IRS believe it's their money. You're just temporarily, I mean, you earned it, but you're temporarily holding it until you give it to them. Every April 15th or quarterly, whenever you're supposed to give it to them, but it's theirs. And they'll decide how much of it you can keep. This is really the mentality that they have. You know that, right? They'll decide how much of it you'll be allowed to keep. Your money, okay? Your money. Not not anybody else's money. Your money. They'll decide, they'll decide with your money how much of it you can keep. And be grateful, by the way. And don't forget that they can change their mind at any time. Not anybody else's money, just your money. They keep saying that. Just No, no, it's just billionaires and trillionaires because you are one, right? Obviously, with 600 bucks in the bank account. I mean, it's why I'm saying you, just you, your money because you are a billionaire and a trillionaire, right? With 600 bucks in your bank account, no, not so much. Huh? Really? Okay. There, there, there you go. Um, where are we right now with regards to, uh, let's see here. China, by the way, is, is doing a lot of things to just kind of, you know, get our goat. I've been saying this for a while now because they don't like us and they want to keep going after us. And every single person right now should be acutely aware of this. And when you think about the idea of schools trying to silence people to speak out on things, and when you think about why it is that Superman will no longer stand for truth, justice in the American way, so much of this comes because China doesn't want anybody talking about the American way. But the American left doesn't want people saying the American way either because they believe that this country is full of hateful, hateful people uh, and that the American way is racist and sexist and homophobic, which is why they are taking down that, that statue, finally, of that Confederate General Thomas Jefferson. That's right. Confederate General Thomas Jefferson's statue will be taken down in the city of New York. Well, no, they said it was just Confederate generals. Remember when they were taking down all the statues? They said that. They said it was just Confederate generals. And other people that said this is going to lead to other, like a slippery slope. Like soon they're going to take down statues of people like the founders. You know, like when I said that. And people said, no, 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 man, it's just Confederate generals. How can you defend keeping up statues of traitors? This is what we heard. We heard this, right? And I said, because you're not going to stop at Confederate generals. That's why. And I was right. A seven-foot-tall statue of Thomas Jefferson will be removed from New York City Hall. City Council's Black, Latino, and Asian caucus said the statue symbolizes the disgusting and racist bias on which America was founded. So there you go. Confederate General Thomas Jefferson finally coming down. Now, when do they have to take down the, uh, the Jefferson Monument in D.C., you think? And when do they finally then go after that little pesky document he wrote called the Declaration of Independence. 
because Jefferson wrote it in Philadelphia. Now, you can't go there because it's been closed for years, but you can walk by it. I walk by it a lot. I used to, actually, when our studio was in Old City. Not as much anymore now that we're 2400 Market, but that's where he wrote it. And so if you can cancel him, and then you can cancel all of his works, and that big work that he did was the, it, you know, the Declaration of Independence, but he also contributed greatly to the Constitution. I know he was in France, but he wrote a lot of letters, and he sent Madison a lot of notes, and he did have heavy influence on the, 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 the writings of the Constitution. So I'm thinking we have to cancel that other little document, too, that he helped write or helped inspire the Constitution of the United States of America. And make no mistake, this is the ultimate goal. This is the goal. It's not about, it's, believe me, it's not about statues. It's about getting, it was always about going after the founders. Always. The reason why we are such a racist, sexist, horrible nation is entirely because of them. Entirely because of them. And they have to be canceled. And all of their great works have to be canceled too. That's what the left believes. They believe this. They think this. What restrains them? What restrains them from doing whatever the hell they want? Taking as much of your money as they possibly want and just spending whatever they want and, and ushering through whatever their, their big emotional whim of the day is. The Constitution restrains them. It's supposed to restrain government. And you think about the way they all jump on the bandwagon with things. You know, new phrases, something's offensive today that wasn't offensive five minutes ago. And all this, I mean, it's always with them. It's emotion. And it's based on, it's a whirlwind of emotions and it changes constantly. And you know, it's very hard to keep up. And the whole point of the Constitution is to slow that down so that the actions of government can be slow and not have quick changes based on the whims of the mob. And believe me, for a long time, that would have benefited people on the left. But not anymore. Now that they're in charge, they want to be able to rush through and and get through whatever they want. D.C. statehood, done. Whatever it is, whatever they want. And they don't want anybody standing in their way. Certainly not Joe Manchin. Certainly not Kirsten Sinema. So if you cancel the founders and you cancel their great works of art, like the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, you will then be able to pretty much do whatever you want. That's the problem. That's what scares me. That's what scares me for all of this. And remember something too, this is this spending in D.C. is about transforming America and transforming your relationship with your government and making America more of a socialist state than you've ever seen before. Here's Representative Jay Powell. She's been one of the leading advocates of this. She's a member of the squad, the uh, kooky socialist squad of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And, uh, well, this is why she's supporting the $0 cost Build Back Better plan. Hey everyone, it's been another big week here in Washington, D.C. And of course, the big ticket item is the ongoing negotiations around the popular Build Back Better Act. As chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, I am so proud to be leading the charge to ensure that we deliver on President Biden's entire agenda. That means investing in roads and bridges, but it also means investing in people and our communities. This bill is so important because it will make transformational investments that literally will change how working people and families across our country wake up every morning. It means 12 weeks. By the way, she's not wrong. It will fundamentally transform how working people view this country and how the government views them. No doubt about it. It will. She's right. It will fundamentally transform that. But it's always been about fundamental transformation. It always has been. And using the levers of government 
to be able to transform this country into what they believe it should be, which is a socialist utopia. It means 12 weeks of guaranteed paid leave, universal childcare, real climate action, pre-K, community college, housing, and healthcare. It means not leaving behind women or working families or immigrants. It means delivering on President Biden's agenda, the democratic agenda, and what we all promised people throughout America when they gave us the House, the Senate, and the White House. That's why I'm spending so much time negotiating and holding the line on our popular priorities, because we need to pass this legislation to deliver for you. So stay tuned. I'll be sure to keep you updated as things move forward. There you go. She wants to deliver for you. For you. Do you feel that way? Like she's delivering for you? Do you feel that way? Now, when you think about fundamental transformation of America happening right before our very eyes, and you think about two people staying in the way, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, that's only because they've had this pesky Senate parliamentarian standing in their way and deciding what can be in the bill and what can and what can be used for reconciliation and what can't. That's the only reason why. And they would love to be able to get rid of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema too. Democrats would. This is not a, they're not looking for uh, inclusivity among their ranks. They're looking for monolithic thought. There's no diversity in the Democrat Party right now. You're not allowed to be diverse. So if you get rid of Thomas Jefferson, and then you can get rid of the whole thinking of the this constitution for this republic, which is that we are a republic and not a democracy, and we have representative government, well, then the whims of the factions can take over and the passions of the day can rule, and they're fine with that because they know how to stoke those passions. They know how to do it. China has launched hypersonic nuclear missiles. That's right. Hypersonic nuclear missiles that orbits the Earth. It's, it's, it's like something out of a science fiction movie. And they launched it. We didn't even know they were testing this stuff. We, nobody knew. This caught everybody off guard over the weekend. We had no idea this was happening, apparently. So Press Secretary Jen Snarks was asked about this today. Kind of a big deal, right? I think kind of a big deal. Here's what she said. Comment on reports that China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile over the summer to the surprise of U.S. officials. Are these accurate, and do these raise concerns about China's nuclear capabilities? Uh, well, I know General uh, uh, Secretary Austin, I should say, uh, was asked this question this morning and addressed it, uh, but I'm not going to comment on the specific report. I can say and e- would echo what he said, which is generally speaking, we've made clear our concern about the military capabilities that the PRC continues to pursue. Uh, and we have been consistent in our approach with China. Uh, we welcome stiff competition, but do we not? We don't do not want that competition to veer into conflict. And that is certainly what we convey privately as well. And then our nominee is the Biden administration. We welcome the competition of China launching hypersonic nuclear missiles that orbit the Earth. We welcome the competition. Really? Wow, that's am- that's amazing to me. Uh, The White House tweeted out a short time ago, they said the following, the cost of the Build Back Better agenda is zero dollars. President's plan won't add to our national deficit and no one making under $400,000 a year will see their taxes go up a single penny. It's fully paid for by insuring corporations and the very wealthy pay their fair share. Now, do you believe that? Huh? Do you do you believe that that it's really going to only be people that make $400,000 a year? Because, you know, it's not. You know it's going to be more than that. Of course you know that. But they think you're stupid. They really do. They think you're stupid. And that's that's really something to think about when you think about your relationship with the government. 
They believe they're smarter than you. They believe that they have the power to go after your money. They believe that the Constitution just stands in their way. Things like the Fourth Amendment, which really would stop them from being able to spy on your bank accounts, for example, without a warrant, without some sort of due process. But now, well, listen, they think, let's snoop on everybody, and then we'll be able to figure out who, who owes us their money. So 600 bucks it is. But we promise you no one making less than 400000 will see their taxes go up. But we need to look at bank accounts for everybody making or transacting more than $600. Right. You see, I just call me, call me cynical, but I don't really believe that. I know. It just seems to me like this is a little bit maybe too good to be true. I'm just... By the way, on this D.C. mask mandate that Biden violated... It's ridiculous, the D.C. mask mandate. I was just talking to some people over at Fox who were in the D.C. studio. And you know that you have to wear it inside every place in D.C. It's absurd. It's absurd. But this is what they do. I mean, they have a very, very absurd, ridiculous rules. And the president violated it. But then again, I guess the question is, how can anybody really believe that it's necessary at this point in the pandemic? Masks in D.C. that... They're so, they're so strict, by the way. If if the places don't enforce them, they can face a $1,000 fine. $1,000 fine. So which means then workers at these places, they're they're like, you know, militant about it. You got to have that, put that mask on, put your, because they don't want to get fined. So they put the onus on the, on the businesses in places like Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. And even the D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser flouted her own mask mandate at parties, weddings, and public events. You remember San Francisco Mayor London Breed thinks it's crazy to enforce masks to the degree by literally her own mandate. She's the one who said, come on, man, what are you, the fun police? I'm just saying, everybody knows these mask rules are ridiculous, and yet it's the Democrats who keep doubling down on them, and then they keep violating their own mask mandates. And it's ridiculous, and they should end these things. And we should all be in agreement that we don't need them at this point anyway. But even if even if we thought we did, if they can't even follow their own rules, it tells you that the rules are too strict. The rules are too strict. Oh, you know what else is too strict too? What's too strict right now in this country is this entire notion that you got to have a vaccine mandate. Way too strict. And you've got resignations happening right now all across this country from cops to nurses to ESPN anchors to other people saying, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing this game. I refuse. And yet we're seeing more vaccine mandates and the push for them by Democrats. Why do you think that is? I have a theory. It's to get more people out of the workforce. I really believe that. I do. I think it's to push even more people out of the workforce. I think that that is their ultimate goal, to push so many people out of the workforce and then have this government like Representative Jay Powell talked about. They'll take care of you your entire life with everything you need. What do you need? No problem. And all we need to pay for it is just to be able to look into your people's bank accounts for 600 bucks. But we got you covered. We got your back. So I guess my question is, if vaccine mandates are something that you're seeing in this country right now that is causing such incredible pushback at a time when the virus rates are plummeting, at a time when you've got 80% of the population just about vaccinated, at a time when millions of people have herd immunity, at a time because of the antibodies, and the same Democrats who said they didn't have the power to do it, doesn't it make you think that maybe, possibly, just maybe, this is about something else? And I, and I still believe this is about the fact that they want to push as many people out of the workforce as possible. The more people they can have dependent on government, the stronger they can be. They believe this. They really do. In their heart, they believe this.
and they mean it, and they're going to push it. No doubt. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Now, you know, I spend a lot of time talking about cancel culture because this is why we can't have nice things. And the reality is that the left is trying to cancel pretty much everything that they don't like for a lot of reasons. Number one, because they're crybabies. But number two, because they want to transform this country. And I just believe enough is enough with the cancel culture. You be you, I'll be me, just leave us alone. Just leave me alone, just go live your life. I mean, I, 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 I fundamentally believe that. Just leave me alone and go live your life. If you don't like Dave Chappelle's special, don't watch it. Just don't watch it. And I've had the same reaction too when people on my side of the aisle wanted to cancel the Muppets over something. And I was like, listen, can we just, just don't let your kids watch it. If you don't want your kids to watch the Muppets for whatever reason, because there's a Muppet who, I, whatever, just don't, just don't watch it. All right, we just have to, we have to get past this point of wanting to cancel everything. And, and the reason for that is because it all comes back full circle and eventually the cancelers become the canceled and vice versa. So all, all I can tell you is when you think about why they're getting, taking Thomas Jefferson down, and I mentioned you earlier, it's because they want to get rid of any of the stuff that he wrote. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And the founders, if they can erase the founders, they can erase the documents. And I've been saying this for years, four years I've been saying this. It was never about Confederate generals. Just like it was never about one phone years ago. If you've been a listener of mine for years, and thank you if you have, or if you're new, thank you either way. I appreciate it. So right now in this country, Netflix is standing up to cancel culture. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know. Maybe it'll last a week, a month, a year. But does the next comedian get the same treatment that Dave Chappelle gets in terms of being protected by Netflix because they don't want to see it canceled? I don't know. Hannah Goodsby is a quote-unquote comedian. I say that because she's not funny, not even close to being funny. And she put something on Instagram the other day. She said, hey, Ted Sarandos, just a quick note to let you know that I would prefer if you didn't drag my name into your mess. Now I have to deal with even more of the hate and anger that Dave Chappelle's fans like to unleash on me every time Dave gets $20 million to process his emotionally stunted partial worldview. You didn't pay me nearly enough to deal with the real world consequences of the hate speech dog whistling you refuse to acknowledge, Ted. F you and your amoral algorithm cult. I do craps with more backbone than you that's just a joke i definitely didn't cross the line because you just told us told the world there isn't one to cross and then she said yes i watched the whole thing leave me alone hashtag trans is beautiful hashtag comedy is dead hashtag i killed it i just don't know why we can't turn things off that we don't like seems pretty easy right if you think superman's gonna be woke now don't watch superman movies and, 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 and that seems to be a, a thing we're losing because I think we all feel like we own things now. Like Superman's mine. Well, he's not unless you have the rights to him. Unless you have the rights, he's, he's not. I mean, it'd be nice to say that he belonged to our collective culture, but the reality is he doesn't. He's a property of DC Comics, which is owned by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers wants to make lots of money in China. And that infuriates me. So maybe I'll opt out of watching the next Superman movie. I don't know, or maybe I won't because it's, I don't want to be part of cancel culture. But here's what I know I'm not going to do. I'm not going to lead some dumb campaign to get Superman canceled because he, he won't say truth, justice, and the American way anymore. I will go back and rewatch the Christopher Reeve Superman movies because, well, A, they are awesome. Not I mean, the first one was great. The second one's great, too. And the third one is silly, and the fourth one is unwatchable. But you know what I mean. But no, I'm going to go back and watch those movies because I love the fact that it was pro-America back then. But it's different because nowadays... 
you can't be pro-America anymore. You just can't. Not in Hollywood, on the big screen, if you want to make money in China, which hates us. But again, am I going to go on Instagram and scream about this and whine about this and try to do a Warner Brothers boycott? And if I worked at Warner Brothers, would I, would I walk out? If I was in the DC Comics division, would I stage a walkout because I can't stand the fact that it seems like Superman hates our country? No. And it is the same. Because I know that somebody who's a lefty might think, it's not the same. Dave Chappelle's preaching hate. And Superman's just not saying the American way anymore. Yeah, but it's still something I don't like. And if I don't like it, I should deserve to have things catered to me and my preferences. That's how spoiled I've become. I demand that they make things that I want and I like. Batman, for example, I believe is me. I, he's mine. And I, and I, I am Batman. I mean, I, like really, I think... I'm not, but I should be. And I believe he's mine. So if they screw up this next Batman movie after screwing it up with Ben Affleck, I'm going to be really mad. I'm going to be really mad, upset. But I don't own Batman. I don't own the rights to him. There's only so much I can do. And that's just the reality of life. It's just a reality. But see, we have this whole group of people that believes the answer to something they don't like is to cancel it. And this comes down to the way you live your life, too, you know. If you're not living your life the way they think you should be living your life, they believe they should be allowed to intervene because you're a member of this society. So gone is the whole notion of just leaving me the hell alone. And now the new thing is you're, you're part of this, of this society, and so we got to make sure that you're living life accordingly. And if you're not, well, we got to step in and do something about that. And so part of the reason why I, for one thing, uh, I find these vaccine mandates so offensive to people is because a lot of people on the right and the left just don't want to put something into their body. And who the hell am I to tell them that they have to inject themselves with a medication? Who am I? How am I allowed to do it? I'm not. That's the thing. I don't believe that I am. Because we don't have people dropping dead on the streets. We don't have 30% of the population dying like we did with smallpox. If we did, maybe I would think about things differently. But do we? No. Not last time I checked anyway. Last time I checked, that was not happening. So if that changes, let me know and we can have that conversation. Because even Colin Powell, who passed away with COVID after he was vaccinated, was still 84 years old and had blood cancer and was dealing with that and had a lot of health issues. So I don't know what the point is if you want somebody who is uh, young and healthy and refuses to get vaccinated for their own health and you fire them and they're a doctor or a nurse or an ESPN reporter like Allison Williams, I don't know how it serves you. I don't know how it serves you and how it makes this country better. And I don't think it's a good idea. And I think people are getting really upset by this. And I think certainly parents don't want to see a vaccine mandate for their children. Not the ones I talk to anyway. And I talk to a lot of moms who, believe me, have different politics than I do. Some that agree with me. They're the wise ones. But others that don't, not yet. But it's the same thing all across the board. They believe that. But look, who are we to call out China anyway? Because, I mean, it's very obvious, according to Secretary Jennifer Granholm, I mean, who the hell are we, right? You know, we've got a global problem, and China is a big contributor to that. We are too, and but we don't have much um, moral authority to say, you should be doing this if we're not taking action and deploying the technology that we need to deploy. 
So who the hell are we to tell China anything, all right? I mean, sure, they're the world's largest polluter on the country by far, biggest polluter in the, in the world, no doubt about it. But who are we? So you're probably playing cards. I'm just saying it's not fair for anybody who believes for a second that we should be able to call out China. I'm just saying. According to her, anyway. Oh, but here's the thing. These corporations that own all these news outlets that make lots and lots of money in China, they agree with that. That's why they're not pushing for a new investigation into COVID. And when there is an investigation, a new one from the World Health or uh, you know WHO, they don't talk about it. You notice that? How little coverage that's getting? How little coverage that is getting, even right now. Because it upsets China very, very much. It upsets them. And they're sad and they don't want to be sad anymore. So just love them. Just love them. You know, a judge called for a Justice Department civil rights probe into D.C.'s treatment, the jail, of the January 6th detainees. So Glenn Greenwald, who's a big advocate of civil liberties, pointed this out. That a federal judge found that the warden of the D.C. jail and the director of the D.C. Department of Corrections are actually in contempt of court. Did you know that? They were found in contempt of court? and called on the Justice Department to investigate whether the jail is violating the civil rights of dozens of detained January 6th defendants. Defendants is the key word. These are people who have been charged with a crime. They've not been found guilty. And under our system of justice, they are innocent until proven guilty. But the mindset since January has been to throw these people in jail, lock them up, not even in some cases give them access to counsel, and then tell everybody that, if we let them out, we'll have another, what, 9-11? Or January 6th, because they say that's worse than 9-11? And these are pretty much the same people who've been advocating the shutdown of Guantanamo Bay prison for years and years and years. And now they're happy that the D.C. jail is keeping all these people inside there. U.S. District Judge Royce C. Lamberth of Washington acted after finding that jail officials failed to turn over information needed to approve surgery recommended four months ago for a January 6th Capitol riot defendant's broken wrist. Now, he's an accused Florida Proud Boys member charged with four felonies, including rioting and spraying pepper gel at a police officer. But he's still a suspect, and he's supposed to be taken care of from the point of view of his health. So D.C. officials did not turn over the medical records. You know what the judge said? He said, this is more than just inept bureaucratic jostling of papers. He says, I find that the civil rights of the defendant have been abused. I don't know if it's because he's a January 6th defendant or not, but I find this matter should be referred to the Attorney General of the United States for a civil rights investigation into whether the D.C. Department of Corrections is violating the civil rights of January 6th defendants in this and maybe other cases. Let me just tell this judge, let me just jump ahead to the judge and go, Judge, hey, Your Honor, I just got to let you know that this attorney general is not going to do a damn thing. Nothing. Remember, he thinks that parents are domestic terrorists. Parents who speak out at school board meetings are domestic terrorists. If anything, Merrick Garland wants to see parents who have the audacity to yell at a school board meeting probably thrown into jail next to the Proud Boys members. Really, that's the truth. I mean, Merrick Garland now is sicking the FBI on local school board meetings. You think this guy is going to give a damn about some Proud Boy January 6th defendant who might need a, a hand surgery? No chance. So now, my question is, if you still have people in there who have still not even seen a lawyer yet, and we have a, a, a an entire amendment in the Constitution that guarantees not only will you be treated fairly, 
not only we have speedy counsel, not only we have a right to a speedy trial, but now we've just decided, well, because COVID and staffing shortages, just throw them in. Just throw them in. Leave them there. <laughs> uh, for about 400 days, jail officials imposed a 23-hour-a-day lockdown to enforce social distancing at this very jail in D.C., which has had all kinds of abuses, troubling very abuses in this jail, troubling abuses. Conditions at the 45-year-old facility have long been criticized by inmates, lawyers, and judges, but the complaints reached new heights this spring after prisoner advocates criticized the prolonged confinement of detainees to stamp out the coronavirus pandemic. And now defense lawyers argue that complaints like this guy's related to medical care, that his complaint related to medical care, just the tip of the iceberg. They're saying now they have lack of computers. They, they can't do video conferencing with their attorneys. And, 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 and there's no privacy for them to even talk to their attorneys. They say that some of the guards threaten their constitutional rights. They say that the jail itself threatens their constitutional rights to counsel and to view government evidence against them and to contribute to their own defense. And then here's this. How long are we going to let these people sit there until we give them a speedy trial as afforded by the United States Constitution. Remember, I am a guy, and I've said this to you before, I'm not what you describe as a law and order conservative where I say throw the book at anybody accused of a crime. I'm much more, and always have been, and if you, again, if you've been listening to me for a long time, you know this, I have always been much more on the side of protecting the civil liberties of people accused of crimes because the reality is if we don't, someday it could be, us at the other end of that situation. And maybe that's exactly what's happening here because we don't know how many of these people were just picked up because they happened to be at the Capitol that day, maybe have done nothing wrong other than walk into a public building, perhaps at the urging of a Capitol police officer, but we don't know because we're not having a trial yet. Lurking beneath such concerns is the question of how long judges will allow prosecutors to continue to ask defendants to waive their rights to a speedy trial nine months after the Capitol riot led to assaults on about 140 police officers and disrupted Congress's confirmation of the 2020 presidential election results, which it didn't really uh, disrupt it. It just postponed it for a few hours, which is an important point too. Congress was able to get back to business. Now, none of this has to justify anything that took place on January 6th, but what it should do, though, is remind people that these people, these individuals, these suspects, still have civil rights. I mean, I hope we have not gotten to a place in this country where we've decided now that our justice system is going to be so political that if we don't like you politically, we're going to withhold the very constitutional protections afforded to you in the Bill of Rights to protect you from your government literally when you've been accused of a crime. In a statement, D.C. Mayor, Deputy Mayor Chris Geldhart said the Department of Justice in the D.C. Department has made every effort to comply with the orders of the court and works to ensure the constitutional rights of all residents. And they'll cooperate with uh, any lawful inquiry or investigation by the United States Department of Justice and or the U.S. Attorney's Office. Remember, all this is under the purview of Merrick Garland, the United States Attorney General. But... None of this is happening right now. I mean, in terms of speedy trial, right to counsel, all these other things. There are 700 defendants held pending trial and 400 in federal custody right now. Imagine that. 
U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols highlighted concerns during a September 20th hearing when attorneys for defendant Edward Jacob Lang raised complaints. Now, Lang's a former Pennsylvania high school wrestler, was charged with some of the most extreme and repeated violence on January 6th. He said he could not help his own defense because he could not thoroughly review video evidence. He said in court there was a lot of tension because of the continued detention of defendants at the D.C. jail where there is complicated digital evidence, where the COVID protocols are slowing down or otherwise making it very difficult for client communications or mounting of a defense to occur, we are now using cause COVID to justify depriving people of their constitutionally protected civil liberties. Remember, I've said this for years. The Bill of Rights exists to protect you from your government. The Bill of Rights is not there as rights given to you by your government. It's there to protect you from your government. Exactly in situations like this, where the government has a political axe to grind and they're going to make sure that they grind it. The government's releasing up to 7,000 hours of video evidence that can be viewed only using a computer. Defendants can get up to two weeks to view the evidence, but there's a six-week backlog in the jail for tablets to view the evidence. So these guys are trying to mount their own defense it's difficult for them because they can't have access to counsel. They can't have access to the videos. And, and, and the government is doing this on purpose so that they can delay the trial because they can keep these people in jail. And even if a judge then a trial finds that there it's or jury finds that it, what they did does not warrant prison time. Well, they've already been serving time. They've already been serving time, nine months, 10 months. By the time this actually gets to a trial, it could be longer, much longer. So I think this is happening on purpose. I think that the fact that they are depriving these people of their ability to see the evidence, and yes, yes, I would say this if it was an African-American person in prison on trial for murder, and I have, by the way. I have always been consistent on this stuff. Always. Just ask anyone who's always been listening to me. I've always, always been consistent on this stuff. Now, it's a disgrace to think that our government would deliberately slow down the levers of justice just simply to punish these people. It's a matter of convenience, not a matter of convenience. It's a defendant's constitutional right to meet with an attorney in a meaningful way, the judge said. And I and if I have to start issuing orders and flexing muscle, which I prefer not to do, but I'm more than capable of doing, I'll do it. If you need me to shake order in the face of someone over the Department of Corrections, let me know. I'm willing to do it. So it doesn't matter what the crime is because we're supposed to treat everybody equally under the law. And the reality is that when the government has a political axe to grind, when the government has a political axe to grind that is definitely making people believe that this is deliberate, it makes the entire premise of justice suspect, doesn't it? It makes the entire premise of justice suspect because it seems very much to me like the government then decides they'll punish you regardless regardless of what a jury says what a judge says whatever they'll let you sit in jail and rot all under the guise of well because covid we have to slow this down it's pathetic it's not right shouldn't happen to anybody no matter what the crime is no matter what they're accused of and where's the ACLU on this, by the way? Have you heard from them? No, and you won't. You will not. You will not hear from the ACLU, so don't worry about it. They're not going to say anything on it. Keep hitting the wrong button. Doesn't matter. All right, listen. 
Have a great rest of your day today. I hope you enjoy it. I thank you for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you learned a thing or two. If not, we'll try again tomorrow. Just don't cancel me. It's all I ask. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.